Society 13 Podcast Network Redefining Podcasts Society-13.com I like to listen You want to see something really scary? You bet Music Horror Art Politics And overall badassery Welcome to Kettle Whistle Radio For real On Society 13 Networks Friends and fiends, welcome to Kettle Whistle Radio, and as usual, we have spectacular guests, uh, and I have to thank my new co-host, Sean, for that one, and he's not that new now, you're pretty well into it, Sean. Uh, you want to introduce our guests? Yeah, we have uh, the band Collide with us today. Uh, they're from Los Angeles, California, and we have Static and Corinne. Yay! Hi! Hello, Hello people! You folks are very busy, we know, and we appreciate you taking your time to do this. And uh, the, the cool thing about Kettle Whistle Radio, we like to reintroduce bands. There are folks out there, and millennials, that I'm not fans of, but millennials that haven't heard you guys yet. Uh, you know, so you're new to a new audience, and to our audience, you're just like spectacular guests, and we really appreciate this. Um, and we're going to be playing some songs today, too, but I guess, Sean, you want to kick things off with your first question there, because it's uh, definitely will... Yeah, so you already kind of led into that. So for our listeners who are unfamiliar with your music, uh, you guys both met in 1992, from what I gathered, and I was wondering if you could tell us about that meeting and how that led to the formation of Collide. Well, um, it was just completely a meeting by chance. I had a friend who ran a club, and I would go to his club and dance. And what was the club? It was Control Factory, so it was an industrial club, and I saw Static in line to get a drink, and I asked him if he'd get me some water, and we started talking and became friends, and that was it. Industrial clubs make friends. Uh, we, uh, me and Sean actually met, um, we, I was there with uh, one of our former co-hosts, Ms. D, who's still around, actually brought us our coffee, um, and we went to go see Ministry and happened to run into Sean. We met that day at that show. So yes, we'll say industrial bands bring people together. They do. Right, so there. <laughs> um, and uh, go ahead, you got the rest of that one. Yeah, so, well, I was going the next question was uh your music is very densely layered and texturized. I was wondering if you could tell us about your approach to your, the creation process. Okay. Um usually we start off with a music idea and so I'll, I'll work on something until I feel like I can give it to Corinne. I don't like to overly uh, produce the song at that point just so it has some structure and some musical ideas and then I'll give it to her and she has her own vocal studio that she will 
work out lyrics and, and melody and whatever ideas she has until she's comfortable to play it for me. And then, and then usually if things go well at that point, she'll come back into my studio and record vocals in a, in a different setting and we'll record a bunch of tracks. And then I will usually put those vocals together and then the song gets, you know, sort of a, a good complete reworking from there at that point that there's, you know, a different a, a melody and words and vocals. And Once we have sort of more of a structure, then static gets back in there and uh, builds around it. Cool. And it can change quite a bit at that point, too. So you start from a skeleton. It sounds like you have like a three-tiered process going on. Yeah. I mean, it's we find it best not to not to totally work on music until there's vocals. So, you know, work on something enough that she can have something to grab onto. Nice. Yeah, I I know personally um, working with some of the the DAW software that I've worked with that, um, you know, it's really easy to get lost in sound design and just go down a whole rabbit hole and and just totally – you know, just, yeah, get lost. <laughs> excuse me. Yeah, yeah. we're both. Excuse me. We're both bass players by nature. I, I used to play bass when I was year, eons ago in a punk band, and Sean has picked up his bass again. So yeah, we're not yeah. complete strangers to that. I, and as far as the writing process, do I have to ask you this as a writer, both of you? Um, what influences or what determines the subject matter of your lyrics? Uh, I would say that uh, my favorite thing is to really hear music for the first time and just see what comes out and see what the what the music feels like along with what I feel like and that really determines it so you know it, it you know something could be in my head that comes out but really I don't force it I just kind of see what what's coming out and how it feels. You don't have any ideas for your words before you hear some? Typically, no. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I can go with that. You know, yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's really more of a touchy-feely thing for me. Static is more um, of the mechanical engineer, and I'm more the touchy-feely of, okay, this is, you know, how, I, how, how it feels. And I may have, I'm, I may approach the same song many different times until I, kind of go okay i like that or something's coming out but i just let it free flow and see what what's happening um and then i decide later what i like and what i don't like very cool and corinne you know, your vocal delivery is like is very unique sensual sexual from what i've read on the, the comments when you look under your videos people like girls included are just totally intrigued by your voice and it, like it's a beautiful accompaniment to static musical arrangements was singing always a passion you possessed? Yes. That was a quick uh, yes. That was a real I, quick yes. When, when, I, when I grew up in Toronto, uh, a lot of my friends all played guitar. And so we would hang out and sing and play every single song that we knew. So it wasn't really about creating originals. It was just playing and singing and hanging out and having fun. And I realized then it was quite an escape for me and that you, you can feel it that you're you're you get a little addicted to it or it's something that you really want to do so I used to push my friends all the time to please play guitar and 
And then when I moved to the States, I started to join, uh, you know, work on different music projects and join a band here and there. And, and then uh, when I met Static, he he was working on his own music. So we decided to... So we didn't start out working on music together. I was working on just Static music stuff. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, you're busy. I know. I've seen, <laughs> I've seen what you've been up well, to. So my first, I mean, I did a, a sort of like my solo album a long time ago, and I was working on songs after that. And I think one day I just, Corinne had a acoustic guitar, and I heard her singing and playing her acoustic guitar. I play back acoustic guitar. <laughs> I play bad bass, so. <laughs> and I, and I, I thought she had a great voice, and I was like, well, do you want to try to sing on one of the songs I was working on? And that's... And as soon as we did, it was like, okay, that's something. And we just we just never looked back. Are we allowed to know what song it was? Yeah, it was uh, Dreams and Illusions? Yeah. Dreams and Illusions. Hmm. Very cool. And what you got there, Sean? Oh. Yeah, I see his ears are smoking right now. He's got <laughs> his brains twisting right behind his eyes. So you guys own and operate Noise Plus Music, and that's an independent label which has released all of your creative output your, fir- uh, your first two albums, Beneath the Skin and Distort, were released on Reconstriction and Cargo Records. Did your experience on that label inform your decision to self-release as independent artists, or was this always an eventual goal of yours? Uh, yeah, you know, originally we were kind of naive young artists, and we sent, uh, you know, things out to a bunch of different record companies and got a bunch of rejection letters, uh, with the exception of Chase, who ran Reconstriction, and, uh, you know, he was good in the genre that he was working and he was uh, funny and did funny ads and got some attention. The only problem, one, it was a small label and two, they didn't really pay us. Mm. We ended we ended up paying them more to buy our CDs from them so that we could sell them mm. than they would pay us because so 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 pretty quickly we learned that. They weren't doing anything for us. I totally understand that perspective uh, on the writing side. Um, I luckily found a really good publisher that um, they basically they print the things as the orders come in, as opposed to the old ways of they they sell you, or rather they give you five hundred books to sell. Whatever you don't sell, you have to pay pay back for, and that's just not the way to go. Um, but I got lucky enough to not be in that predicament. But I totally relate to that situation. Yeah. So we 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 thought that. They were just—they weren't paying us, and they were doing so little that we decided we could do that for ourselves. And then, with chasing the ghost, it was all of all ourselves. And and they didn't want to pay us anything for distort. Jeez, either so. This show uh, on a past period. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, this show we I try I, we we but I still buy music, okay, and I tell my listeners to yeah. buy music. You know, if you want to hear good music, you want to hear more music, and then pay that buck for that song. You know, go on iTunes okay. and download it and pay for it. Right. Well, that's the thing. It's a it's a long term plan. So I mean, if you want to be short sighted and take take take, mm-hmm. do. But the long term is. Artists won't be afford, uh, able to afford to make music. So. Right. Uh, yeah, it's already happening. It's already it's happening. Totally, it's totally already happening. Mm-hmm. Oh, a lot. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's really miserable. And that's why, again, that's why I do this show and I, I like to introduce bands that some people haven't heard, you know, especially a younger audience. That right. it, And they're not buying their music, this, this younger audience. No. No. 
What were you going to say? I'm sorry. Oh, I think that was it. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, we're going to take a short break here um, and uh, pay the bills and play a song. Uh, what, what's the first one we're going to play there, Sean? I think we'll start off with Holding Back from Mind and Matter, the remix album. Okay, Holding Back it is, and we'll be back with Collide, uh, Static, and Corinne of Collide. And thank you again for listening, folks. We'll be right back.
And we are back with Collide. We've got Grin and Static on the line right now. And what do I always say, Sean, during these breaks? The best conversations happen off air. Yeah. And we found out we have not only dog lovers, but turtle lovers. Uh, apparently, they have a turtle sanctuary. Yeah. Can you, you want to uh, reiterate that one for us? Static? Uh, I built a pond quite a number of years ago, and we had fish, and we had, we, I think we bought like two turtles at the time, and as it turns out, when I don't know, people find out you have a pond, and it seems like there are always people or families that get a turtle, and they can't take care of them, or they don't want the turtle anymore. Or it gets bigger, or and it, gets, it outgrows their space. And so they don't know what to do with the turtle, and then when they find out you have a pond, they're like, can you take care <laughs> of my turtle? So... At this point, I think we have about twenty-five turtles. That is, so, people love this stuff. That, that, that it's it's so great. You have a turtle sanctuary. I love it. Do the and do, one and one frog. One His frog. name is Hermit. <laughs> do the people that deliver that bring the turtles? Do they have good intentions of coming back and eating the turtles, or do, do you just inherit them? We just we just inherit them. Yeah. We had actually one guy. Our our best turtle story is he found he lived in Boston, and he found out about us. And he flew himself and his turtles from Boston to let his turtles live out their life here. And then every year or so, or every two years, he comes and visits them, and he brings us alcohol and fruit. That's a good friend. <laughs> <laughs> Back to the music. I, I oh, go ahead, Static. I didn't want to cut you off. He was definitely a friend to his turtles. <laughs> yeah, he really loved his turtles. That is awesome. And now we love them. And now we, we just heard holding back. Um, I just I like to know what songs are about. Where, like, where did that one come from? Uh, lyric wise? Yeah, or the idea? Yeah, sure. Uh, I I don't know about lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, as 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 usual, it's just sort of whatever seems to be floating in my head and. No, I guess it's just a product of that. That's a, that's not a very good explanation. No, actually, it? that is. It's just a moment in time, and you recorded it. That's cool. Uh huh. Well, you uh -huh. you guys also you did a a cover on this album. You did a uh, an Allison Moyette. I think it might have even been a Yazoo song. Um, Winter Kills on this album. Is that right? Correct. Yes. So how how did you come about to choose that particular song for this album? We well, both we both loved the song and and thought it was. You know, just such a great song. I was a little worried because I thought uh, Alison Moyet is is so brilliant that it would be, you know, I wouldn't do the song justice. But in the end, we really love the song, and we love her and love the song, and we're glad we did it. Well, and when, when we're picking out a song to cover, hopefully we like to think that we can add something to it and not make it exactly the same, and... That was a good song because it was had a lot of space and uh, uh, it let us add a few collide touches to it. Your own signature, I like that. Um, we had actually our last show, Sean. We I, we had a band on that I believe you worked with Static. Uh, we had Power Man Five Thousand. Ty Ty Oliver was on, and uh, we got backstage. Not backstage. We got tickets to the show and met him and everything. Uh, you did something for Power Man Five Thousand. I did. I worked on uh, the first album. Most, yeah, most of their. 
that they, I don't know if it was their first or second, but it was, I think, their big album. Okay, yeah, that might be When Worlds Collide, because uh, yeah. the first one kind of went under radar, but they were on OzFest, and that's where they definitely got their claim to fame. Spider, being Spider-Zombie helps, too, I think. <laughs> Uh, right. But they were great guys, and that was a great show. We hung out with the bass player for a while. You'll get to see those pictures. They were interesting. Um, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> chuckles. <laughs> but yeah, Merv Douglas, he's an interesting fellow. Did you actually work with Spider on that? Like, Or was this one of those things where you were out of the studio? No, I was in the studio. Cool. That, that record I worked on was Sylvia Massey, and we've worked together on quite a few things. Uh, I also worked on uh, a song on the first... Uh, tool record on mm-hmm. undertow with her. oh i saw that <laughs> and i don't know we've done we've done quite a few things together so we were we were all in the studio working i think i worked on about three quarters of the song songs on that album nice i yeah i didn't want to jump ahead because sean's definitely got he wants to elaborate on that one but i wanted to ask you to um the um well first of all you, you remind me you're um Basically, the mathematics of your band remind me of another band that I had on, and you may, you probably know them or worked with them. Um, but Nightclub, are you familiar with them at all? Emily, yeah. Emily Cavanaugh, Mark Brooks, uh, they're yep. in the they're in the L.A. area. You should check them out. They've been on the, on the show. They, they make great music. It's the same, it's the same chemistry that you two have. It's it's amazing. It's funny that I that lightning struck twice like this, uh, for uh, uh, for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, check them out. Yeah. Check out Nightclub. Yeah. I, I know you'll like it. Yeah. But with that in mind, do you release music from other artists? The, the only other artist we released was uh, the first record from Space Echo, which is Dean Garcia's mm, yeah. uh, new project from Curve. And it's a project with his daughter. Oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, Rose. Oh, they pulled a Gary Newman. <laughs> He's working with his daughter. I'm actually trying to get tickets to go see Gary Newman. His daughter. I don't know if his daughter shows up with him or not on the tour, but that's really cool. That's a great dynamic. Yeah, she does for some of it. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, she has a cool little voice there, man. It's amazing. Haunting. She does. She does. So does Gary. Yeah. Oh well, he's he started it all for me with Pleasure Principle on vinyl in the well, late seventies, early eighties. You guys are friends with Gary and hang out with him, I think, periodically, where, right? What? Where? Where? I don't, wouldn't say that we're friends, but we have got to meet him a couple times. Cool. And he's he's super nice. He's mm-hmm. he's good friends with some other friends of ours. Um, but so we see him at different shows or, or that kind of thing, and uh, or at his show. Um, mm-hmm. And he's super nice guy. Super super cool. Super nice guy. Yeah, it seems that way. Well, you guys kind of already brought up one of the questions. So uh, Dean Garcia from Curve, you guys did an album with him called The Secret Meeting, and. Um, You've collaborated with a lot of other artists. I guess maybe just specifically that one we'll focus in on at this point. But how did that come about? How did you guys get introduced to Dean? How did the the, the concept of that? Back during MySpace. Ooh, yeah. So I came across his MySpace where he just had instrumentals. And so I he thought... He put up just a bunch of instrumental songs. Oh, man, that's, a, that's your opportunity right there. <laughs> so, so when I hear instrumentals... All I hear is, ooh, that needs some vocals. (laughs) So I just, it was kind of like, I didn't really think anything would happen from it because we were also fans of Curve. But I thought, well, I'm just going to write to him. And it was just really short. And I said, oh, you know, I've always really loved your music. And if you ever needed a guest vocal, let me know. And he got back to me right away. And he said, yeah, let's try something. 
uh, he sent me a piece of music, which then became Touch. And uh, we both liked that. And we decided to keep going and do some more songs. And then Static got involved, too. That's uh, that's awesome. I Honestly, I just uh, I would love to see you guys. Did you ever come out east? Maybe I'm missing something. One of our we we were flown into uh, Philadelphia for oh, okay. what was technically our first show through um, uh, Patrick from Dancing. Dancing. What, what's his club called? Dracula's Dracula's name. Oh, the Dracula's Ball. Dracula's Ball. Oh, cool. So we were there. <laughs> that, that was that, a long time ago. That was ten ten years ago. I was going to tell you. Um, Prior to one of the interesting things about working on the secret meeting is we never actually had a physical conversation <laughs> at that time, so it was all just uh, it was all just done, uh, mm-hmm. you know, through yeah. through the internet and sure. and, and, I... and it wasn't until later when we went to London that we actually ever talked to him or met him. Oh wow! Isn't that wild? I, that, one of my favorite albums uh, was put together like that in recent years. I can't say my favorite album, but uh, Mike Patton with Peeping Tom, all those folks, those guys from Gorillas, and oh my God, there were so many names in that. Nora Jones is on that, I think. Yeah. There's so many to name. That's how they put that album together. Peeping Tom, uh, he did the vocals after they'd sent him the bits and pieces, and he put right. the puzzle together. And it's a brilliant album. So yes, it can be done. <laughs> and I, I didn't know. I didn't realize that's how you did that one. That's really cool. Yeah. But he's a super nice guy. You, you know, you can tell when people are really doing music for the right reasons. And he's just a really, really great, nice guy. And it was really a pleasure to work with him. Okay, well, cool. Well, let's, let's lead into, we're, we're going to play definitely uh, the secret meeting, right? We want to do uh, touch. touch, correct? Mm-hmm. All right, well, let's let the folks here touch. Those that haven't heard it yet are going to be delightfully surprised. We also, we did play um, the remix of Freaks Me Out. Uh, what two episodes ago? Yeah, and there's a reason we did that to lead into you folks being on the show, of course. Uh, I, I love that that remix. I, 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 that song is amazing. Um, I, I think I may have played it twice. I, I I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, Blue Blue Stolly did that remix. And you know, did you guys ever think about um, Clayton from Cell Dweller or Circle of Dust from uh, him doing a remix? Uh, well, uh, I mean, I guess we we thought about it, but. Uh kind of funny with with uh, blue stolly uh i really like his production and i i think i had written him uh i don't remember if it was if i wrote him to do maybe a remix or something when we did color of nothing or maybe it was no i think it was actually for bet and broken for the, the remix that remix album and he had written me back, and he was busy, I think, in the middle of working on one of his albums. But uh, So he couldn't do a remix at that time. But what he said was at one point he had written me because he saw my, names, he saw my name on credits for a few albums. And he was, he, you know, it's, he sort of felt he was an up-and-coming programmer and wanted to work in music and wanted to know if I had any, any advice for him. And I had written him back, and I guess, I guess I had written a fairly nice letter because he remembered, and I actually I didn't even remember that. <laughs> and so he was he was happy that I was nice to to write him back and give him some advice. Yeah, that's very that's cool. Awesome. Well, let's He's a really, go ahead. Really cool, that nice guy too. 
Yeah, I apologize. Every time I talk, I cut you off. It's just, I don't know. I had too much coffee today, man. No, you don't. Yeah, it's terrible. Terrible habit. Um, but anyway, enough of that. Um, let's play Touch so people can get a feel for that one. And Oh, God, I said that. Oh, God. I'm sorry, guys. You caught me on a really bad day today. <laughs> oh, no fun intended. All right, we'll play Touch, and we'll get back with Corinne and Static of Collide. And again, thanks for listening, and come back, folks. We need you. Thank you. Hey, I'm Joe Lynch, and you are listening to Kettle Whistle Radio with Dave, that sick mother scratcher.
afraid of the dark, but you should be. There are things that dwell here in the dark. Things best left unseen. With the initial smoke clear from the fall of tomorrow, the blood now flows even thicker with dwelling in the dark. Eleven stories. All bits of the same mysterious puzzle. Fitting together with horrific parallels to its predecessor. Get ready for new, truly terrifying tales set in the broken world from the fall of tomorrow. Take a closer look at what's now dwelling in the dark. If you dare. Available on Amazon in traditional print and ebook. Get your copy today. Visit www.fairlydarkproductions.com for more info on the author and his work. Still here? Okay. Let's play a game. <laughs> And we are back, and that was Touch, the secret meeting. And we're That's with... a great... what's that? That's a great song. Oh my god, I love it! I love it. Um, and we, yeah, we were having a great conversation off air again, and uh, everywhere from song creation to uh, being sick of photographs. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, we almost got a little, uh, almost got a little dirt on 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 holding back, <laughs> literally, uh, from Corinna, where that where that song came from. Uh, maybe she she may tell us in the future sometime. So uh, we're going to definitely have them back. You guys, it's an open invitation, as Sean was saying. But we're not quite done here yet. Um, so touch static. You like that song from what you just said? That's is that one of your favorites? Uh, yeah, from that album. Do you have do, the, do you, individually? Do you have songs you agree that are your favorite together or apart? Or do you disagree? It's too hard. It's too hard to say. Okay, I could go with that. I you have a big catalog, so. So you guys recently ran a successful Pledge Music campaign to release your 29-song remix album, Mind and Matter. Uh, was this your first experience with Pledge Music, and what gap or role does that play in releasing music as an independent artist? It was our second album through Pledge. We did Color of Nothing through there as well. Um, what was the question? Why did we do it through Pledge? Yeah, what what gap or what role does it fill for you in in releasing that and getting it out to your fans? Yeah, Sean's not just well, a fan; he's he's also a client. Um, he was one of the the Pledge Music uh, clientele. Oh, right. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, well, well, the problem is, you know, we don't have anything to say with how people consume music, and so many people are streaming music, which you know I understand why people want to do that. It's just that the, the rate that artists are paid for places like Spotify are so low that it may take you 10 years to earn the same amount of money that you would have got from, say, people buying a CD. Hmm. So, for, so 
you know, for a platform like Pledge, kind of fills fills the hole a little and and, and allows you to, uh, you know, help recover some of the costs and pay for a lot of the upfront fees that you know anybody has to do when they're making an album. Now, how good well, must they, that feel? That must feel terrific, just amazing that people will put money together because they want to hear you guys produce that badly. And that's just that's I think that's just the sweetest thing ever in this day and age that they all these, um, you know, these uh, GoFundMes and things like that. That's the, the, the positive aspect of music today when you see fans actually wanting it that bad to, uh, to um, invest. I, I like well, it, that. Yeah, it used to. It used to be in the old days where, you know, you'd make a CD and and then and it would sell and it would gather from there. And now everything like that has changed in mm. that you really have to get the people who are going to support you before you release the CD. And those are your hardcore supporters um, who will be helpful. And, you know, and it's, a, you know, it, it does make you feel great. It also, also puts the pressure on which is why we usually don't announce it until we're kind of knowing that we're on the tail end because we, we can't rush what we're doing. We really just have to let it take its time. Cool. Uh, but you know, it's, it's definitely part of what, how music works now and mm -hmm. how artists have to go about getting paid. Um, but it, it it feels challenging too because you feel like you're always having to ask for money, mm -hmm. and and that doesn't feel good. No, I I, <laughs> I I listen to a lot of XM radio and I listen to a lot of talk shows and you know, it just keeps me up to date and <laughs> relevant. Um, but the average musician now, um, and this is not everybody, makes twenty five thousand dollars a year. And when you think about the volume of items sold, I mean, it's it's the production companies and labels that are eating it up. Um, I don't know where you stand with that, how you feel about that. I, it's hard to make a living as a musician. And that's the same across the board from a lot of musicians I've talked to. Completely. So, yeah, it's nice to get paid for what you love, but it's hard. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 definitely um, you know a challenge for ourselves and you know anybody pretty much that we know who's an artist you know is is having the same sort of challenges and you know the thing is we hate to harp on it and be like oh you know this that but people really need to know what's going on and how that actually does affect the long term of artists. Mm -hmm. And um. Uh, what I, I wanted to ask too, I guess this yeah, this is for both of you. Uh, are there any secrets in preparation before you do a show? Like I've heard everything from total silence by themselves in a room uh, to the point where Chino Marino from Deftones he drinks uh, vodka and Gatorade to get his voice in shape, which I, I can't see how that can work. But um, it sounds delicious. But um, yeah, is there any preparation that you, that you two do before you get on the stage or perform live? Well, first off, you know that we've only done ever nine live shows. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's incredible, though. I think that's cool. Now I can't wait to actually see you guys live. Uh, well, and the ninth one, we uh, rented out a, a big venue here in uh, Los Angeles, and we um, did a big production live video, wow. uh, which is really cool, and you really get the experience. But that was our last show ever. Wow. That was for that was for our like the hundred DVD. Will you guys have more shows in the future ever? 
Um, you know, it really depends. Um, never say never. I mean, originally, you know, we really weren't a live band. There was, mm -hmm. a, there was only two of us, you know, and we made way too much sound and we didn't <laughs> want to just go out there and press buttons. Uh, it wasn't until several albums later where we decided, okay, well, what, how would, what would change if we went out and played live and, you know, what would, you know, how would that make a difference? Um, so we, set out to get some really great live players together and do some live shows. Um, and it, and it was awesome and it was a great experience as far as the future of it. You know, we do have dogs and we do have, you know, other things. I also, I run a accessories business mm -hmm. as well. So, and it's a, it's a small company that I can't always just leave. Um, so that makes it hard. So, you know, it's kind of down to if the right scenario came up, maybe we would, but it's not something that we necessarily feel driven towards. Well, she kind of actually led into one of the questions yeah. that I had, which yeah. was uh, your other creative output, which is Saints and Sinners. Just could you tell us more about that endeavor and elaborate yeah. on that? That's what I wanted to say. Like I, Usually at the end of the show, and I'll let you do it then too, we plug everything you got, where they can get it. and But you, you should probably talk about that now because it's very interesting, I think. Well, I've always been a creative person and, you know, it could be music or it could be painting or, you know, in, in my accessories, you know, it's, you know, ways to make, you know, jewelry and other items that uh, people might want to buy. And where do they get it? Well, they can get it from our website, which is uh, collide.net. And, uh, and I also have okay. another new website called Wings of Steel Designs. So there's another one. Cool. And now my latest thing is I've taken up photography. Oh wow! So, so you're not you're nonstop creative. <laughs> yeah, non. Well, that's that's why there's not you know touring anything that's not creating for me is taking up my time because nah. really I'm I'm uh -huh. I'm completely a creative person. And that's all I want to do, and it's it's it. I'm completely driven to create. Do you know um, Monica Richards from Faith in the Muse? I'm familiar with her music, yeah. Yeah. Um, I was taking pictures of her this weekend. So that's, that's, my, that's my new creative outlet at the moment as I'm really interested in photography and taking pictures of some of my friends and uh, some people, that, you know, just people that I meet and want to take pictures of. So Can we see these? Are these on your site? Uh, you can go to my Instagram. There you go. Uh, Wings of Steel Designs, and you can see them all there. So you basically you you don't sleep very much, do you? No, I don't. <laughs> I understand. And I, and, I, and besides being, um, you know, I'm always busy creating, but I have super sleep challenges. So sleep is not easy for me. I get that too. I totally. I, I had two years of no sleep, insomnia. I don't even want to get into that. That's another whole. That's a whole nother episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, this goes back to the to the remix album. So remix albums are always a fun way to hear how other artists will intemper, uh, in, interpret original works of music. You've released a few remix albums in the past. How is this one different from the past remix albums, if at all? Well, the last couple that we've done part of the remixes that were on it were done through a remix contest that we did ourselves oh, which, cool. which we, love, we love that because 
there's so much talent, mm. uh, you know, and people who really, you know, they might want not, not want to do their full own project, but they're happy to work on something, you know, with the thought that it might get released. So it's always been a really great experience, and we're really excited when we hear other people's versions of our songs that we like. <laughs> that is so cool. Uh huh. And it, it, it's always, uh, I know. I know when we were thinking about it before we started, it's it's a pretty big process because you were, well, we were doing remixes for all of the songs on the album. So that takes getting, taking all the songs and, and making stems for all the songs and making it something so that people can easily download and, and do remixes from. And so I think just doing that was almost a month in itself. And, uh, and then just, you know, taking the time, then you got to give people the time to, to go through it. and. But how does this one differ from the other ones they want to know? Hmm. <laughs> mm. Mm. Good question. Yeah, Sean, geez, what are you trying to do? <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know how it differs, but that that was our that's how we did it. Uh, and back to the process thing. Um, I've People always tell me that you have to schedule time. You must schedule, sit down and write which I completely disagree with. I think it should be spur of the moment when you get the idea, you sit down. If you're there for six hours writing it, that's when you were supposed to do it. Um, that's back to the preparation. Like for you walking in the studio static and, and for you, Corinne, when you're singing, is it in, in the moment in time or do you plan it out? Like, you know, this time next week, I'm going to go sit down and we're going to record a song. I think I'm more of the mindset that, uh, I mean, it's good if you have an idea, of course, to go work on it. But I also think it's good to sort of keep to a schedule somewhat. I mean, I can do that to where, okay, you know, now I'm going to go in the studio all day and I'm going to work and, and then I'm done. And then I'll go work the next day rather than, mm-hmm. you know, you know, working 24 hours on something. And I, don't, I, I, work, I work better just give me a, a lump of time, and uh, but I still need, you know, I need days to, to figure it out. And, and I'm probably a lot more freeform. I could probably <laughs> sing in my studio for thousands of tracks and never even go back and listen to them. Oh, wow. <laughs> Is that a fear of going back to listening to something and cringeworthy? So like, oh, my God, what did I do? Are you afraid to look back um, at something sometimes? Well, it's more the... I'm mostly interested in what it feels like at that moment. Hmm. And, you know, but then, you know, the process is I sort of let go into that moment, but then I have to go back and sort out to see, well, what moments that I liked and, and didn't like as much and, and, and then develop that, which is good, but it's not as fun as the other moment. That the, the moment of just releasing yourself literally is like flying. Uh-huh. So you just, there, there's no right and there's no wrong there's nobody else but me and my machines and it is very freeing and feels amazing between the go ahead making it all sound good that's the hard part between the two of you if i listen to both of you um as i was going to say before it's, it's therapy for me because somewhere in the middle this would really work for me if i scheduled and stuck to the spontaneity this for most creative people that it's a great idea so you're kind of helping me without knowing it right now well, I, I think I think our approach to music is, you know, completely opposite. Yeah. So that's what, that's 
part of what would possibly make it interesting because <laughs> I'm completely unstructured and he's very structured. I, mean, I think I read somewhere that I think that's what Stephen King does when he writes is mm. he'll just, he has a, you know, a schedule and he'll write every day. You are correct. Sometimes, yes. Sometimes I think he gets a few pages and sometimes he gets a lot. Yep. I think that that's the way it is for me. Well, that's good. Yeah, then you, the dichotomy between you two, I mean, just it, it works. Uh, it's been, been proven. <laughs> right. And I, I can't schedule because it, it either kind of comes out naturally or it doesn't. I can't make it be something that I like. I just have to let it kind of come out and then figure out what I like later. So you guys outside of Collide's music, you've both collaborated on some big projects in various capacities and uh, with other artists. And we've mentioned a few of those already. We talked about Dean Garcia with Curve. Uh, we kind of briefly threw out Tool, and I think, Static, you've done a couple of songs with those guys, and, and you may be friends with those guys as well. But you've also done work with another one of my favorite artists, which is Kevin Key from Skinny Puppy. Uh, I think you've both worked with, it, with him. And uh, you've worked with Prince and even the Spice Girls. How, how do these opportunities land in your lap, or how do... You know, how do, how do those things, how do you end up working on those? Well, I'll start with Kevin. Kevin is a, a, well, he originally, when we first did Beneath the Skin, we were trying to figure out who to do a remix. And his name came up and we were like, oh, yeah, that would be awesome. And he ended up doing a remix. And he was, we were in L.A. and he was still in Vancouver at the time. Uh-huh. And then, uh, then we would see him at different social gatherings and we had mutual friends and then we became really good friends. So he, he's one of our really good friends. We all have dogs and we all have dog park days together and turtles. We hang, we hang out together and, and that kind of thing. So we have, we have a lot of fun with uh, Kevin and his wife, Rihanna. Uh, so yeah. And I, I did a little bit of work on uh, plateau and Static did uh, some work on... Uh, Greater Wrong of the Right. Yeah. Yeah, their comeback album. Yeah. Like I said, we're, we're, we're all really good friends. And then as far as the others... Uh, what were the other, what yeah. were the other bands? There's well, such a list. I was yeah, amazed they're, they're, by this. Uh, well, on your website, yeah, there was a huge list of uh, things oh. you know that you've both done. And I'm, well, sure, I'm sure it's even bigger than that. Well, Prince, Prince was kind of interesting because uh, at the time I was working in a studio in LA and I was doing programming and mix assistant work for uh, this Cohen. mixer, Keith Cohen, who was mixing a lot of Prince's projects. And that was when Corinne and I first met. And so after sort of seeing Prince come in the studio and, and I would, I would sort of add programming to, songs and remixes that he was doing and i guess he got to know me and and he asked me to move to minneapolis wow so, oh my god so I, ended, so I ended up moving to minneapolis for two years wow and it was at that point that that during that time as well that crim and i started working on our music and i would i would work on songs and at the time um uh, so was slightly before computer recording where we had ADATs. Mm -hmm. And so I had an ADAT and I bought an ADAT for Corinne so that she could work on stuff in L.A. while I was in Minneapolis. So we worked long distance pretty much on Beneath the Skin. 
Well, it seems to have worked out. So Prince, wow. Yeah, I mean, that's I'm not quite over that one yet. But that, that <laughs> that's amazing. Um, what, a, what an experience that had to have been. Were you overwhelmed at first? Uh, yeah, I mean, I was always a, a Prince fan. Mm-hmm. So it, it was, you know, it was, I loved seeing him work. And uh, he was just the great, I mean, he was super talented, you know, a great mm-hmm. guitar player and just the ease at which he could do vocals and vocal harmonies, you know, at the drop of a hat. Yeah. Uh, and being, you know, pretty much great at everything, it, it was definitely a, a learning experience. I was going to say, see. yeah. You mo- did you take some stuff with you from that experience? It sounds like you did. Yeah, it's. All, I mean, I think it's great. That that's a good thing about being in a studio environment, though. You know, with other people, is you get to see how other people work, how their tricks are, what equipment they use, how they how they write. You know how they produce songs, how they do remixes. Uh, all, all of that was, you know, great. I guess I, I have to ask you to elaborate on the Spice Girls. Uh, again, that was through uh, somebody that I knew just from working at the studio in LA, and they were working on the Spice Girls at the time, and and I got asked to do some programming on some songs and and it was funny because I mean a lot of times sort of being a, a studio musician you would work on something and you may never hear that song again you know, or even hear of the band sometimes you know it wouldn't be uncommon for a record label to not even release a record that you worked on which you know you're like I like that record why did it never come out or whatever happened to that song and there may be who knows why that would happen but for Spice Girls, it was on their first record, and we had never heard of Spice Girls before. Nope, nobody had ever heard of Spice nobody Girls. Nobody had ever heard of them, but <laughs> I remember going in the studio, and I think I think somebody told me, like, oh, my God, these guys have, like... Mega budget. Mega budget, just yeah. for, like, their makeup, their makeup and nails <laughs> or something. And, and, and we were like, huh, okay. And then one day, I think... Well, they played the song, and I remember saying, this is never going anywhere <laughs> well, i think we heard i think we heard their first single uh-huh. on like whatever it was mtv or... and then we were sitting working one day and uh, on mtv there it was tell you tell you what you really want to hear uh-huh. we were both like what and they blew up and went crazy it's amazing yeah yeah and that video i always, i i, I kind of dig the video i forget what song it was uh it was kind of almost like an anime video but it was them live uh, do you know the song sean no. maybe i don't know if that <laughs> was, was one not of, a fan i uh, know i can't say i was a uh, no but i didn't hate them i actually i kind of had a thing for ginger ginger spice i was all right i shouldn't have said that well anyway <laughs> i can't so other than each other um what are maybe some of your favorite artists that you've worked with static i think you mentioned prince maybe uh favorite artists that i've worked with oh yeah i also i also got to work with uh michael jackson yeah oh wow i don't think i knew about that one that was pretty that was pretty lucky i guess i would say so the story with being able to work with him was uh after prince i moved back to l.a and I remember looking for, I was looking for music work, looking for studio work. And the, uh, 
when I left LA, of course, somebody replaced me as sort of an assistant to this, the mixer I was working for. And his particular assistant this weekend was gone or working on something else. And at the time, he had a remix to do for Michael Jackson. And since his regular assistant was gone, he called me back in again. And so I was working on a Michael Jackson remix. And he came in the studio and he loved that one remix. I don't know. He was, he was super excited about it. It was, it was great. And uh, so he asked me to work with him. And it, that ended up being another... I think another two or three years after that. That is amazing. I, honestly, I just got the chills hearing that. Uh, just, I don't even know how you contained yourself at that point. I'm not like, I like off the wall. I'm into the, you know, if I was going to be into Michael Jackson's early, earlier stuff, what time period was this? I agree. Off the wall is great. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, the, once the first song that I did was on, uh, I think he had a remix album called blood on the dance floor. Oh yeah. And it was for a song called Morphine, which was I think, just on that album. So, you know, it's not it's not the greatest song in the world, but whatever. And uh, after that, I would do uh, sort of grooves and song ideas for him. He wanted to hear sounds he'd never heard before. That sounds like the Michael we all knew. I mean, he mm-hmm. was he. And when you said he got excited, I know that just what you saw on MTV. Or he was always a little kid. He never really grew up, and that's what kept his music fresh. I think um, a lot of people are down on Michael, but um, I don't know. I remember a happy-go-lucky kid that broke away from his parents and just became this massive superstar but yeah he was still excited about music and i I imagine you two it sounds like you two are very excited about music all the time (laughs) no are you tired of it yes we're super excited (laughs) no we're excited (laughs) does it keep it fresh or you you just got to walk away sometimes is that what that silence means well i think i think the silence is uh right now we probably for the second time in our music career we're not actively working on something okay uh for like I said, only the second time in our music career we that we were not active in music. So we're taking a break. I mean, you re- you release something and then it's good just you know to sit back. I think it's good to sit back for a minute until you really get the the bug to go back in the studio. Yeah. Well, that's not unusual. Uh, George Lucas, every time he released a Star Wars film, he went to Hawaii and didn't read anything about reviews or anything about the movie. He wanted nothing to do with it for a couple of months. He would. Well, he, I, I, I still go in and you know sing, but singing for me is my my form of escape. So I'll just you know go and get lost in my own little world and sing. Um, but as far as actually you know working on stuff, we're we're on a little bit of a hiatus. Well, it's hard for me because if I'm going to go in the studio and work, it's it's almost Full like on. it's almost like an all or nothing to where okay now I'm. Now we're going to work, and and that's what I'm doing. So, I'm I'm not working on music at the moment yet. He's building a fence. Uh, okay, <laughs> is that, that to keep us out? <laughs> yeah, to keep our turtles in. Oh, okay, that's better. I built a fence last year, and that's hard work. Yeah, we put one in two two years yeah. ago. I understand. Well, my last question was really, you know, kind of what we just hit on was what you know. When would we expect new music? But I guess, you know, another question could be, you know, we've heard some of the other creative endeavors that uh, Corinne is working on. Static, what about you outside of the music 
what are some of the activities that you enjoy or things that, that, that you find uh, interesting in your life? Uh, when I'm not working on music, I guess I, I'm, I'm sort of a builder. I, I build lots of things. I, I built some of our furniture. I built our, you know, pond and our, a lot of stuff outdoors. So I think I like to think that I've gotten better as I've gotten older. So I'm, I'm a fair builder now. <laughs> he also likes to bike up, up mountains. I'm oh, also wow. a mountain mountain biker people people think he's crazy the mountains that he likes to bike up (laughs) so you're a health nut like sean i'm not a health nut my wife is a health nut (laughs) no i'm not i'm not a health nut but i'm i'm decent at biking up hills i guess okay he likes he likes the process of going up the hill where most people like the process of going down the hill he likes going up the hill. My, my wife was a spin instructor for years, and she, she loves to go outside and do outdoor activities, hiking and biking. We were just actually maybe going to plan a trip to uh, Watkins Glen, New York, uh, which is in southern New York. So I don't know if that's going to happen or not, but uh, our anniversary is coming up here at the end of the month, and we were thinking about a getaway for ourselves. It'll be our 13th year. So. Yeah, wow. Okay. See, I, I didn't know that either. Yeah. <laughs> Um, right. But before before we go off, we're going to go off with uh, something from uh, Two-Headed Monster, Chaotic. But I want you two to you know plug away where you want people to go to find you. I know um, we found you on Facebook. Was that how you, Sean? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, go ahead and plug away. Tell people how to find your stuff and where they can definitely uh, start paying for some of the music. It's my own private revolution. Well, our, our own website is collide.net, and you can get all of our CDs and downloads there. Um, we also, Corinne's uh, stuff is, is there as well. Saints and Sinners. Saints and Sinners. Also, you can go to my other design site, which is Wings of Steel Designs. Dot. Dot com. Awesome. Are you in the Twitter Twitterverse? Uh, Twitter, I, I believe, is Collide Music. Okay. And I think on Facebook, I think we're Collide Band. Yeah, I think that's where we found you there. Um, yes, but, visit us. Oh, definitely. I, well, I will. Um, and Twitter, I'm on there too. Um, I, so I will find you. I'm at Fairly Dark, and we uh, put all our shows up there. Um, I, I'm not a big fan of Twitter because it gets mean, and but it is a good place to find musicians like yourself. Um, I think, I think you're mostly Facebook people. You're mostly think, Facebook? Okay. I think Twitter's specialty is immediacy yeah, and yeah. maybe politics. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. I steer clear of that. Yeah, Sean's not <laughs> really involved with it. That's 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 my job. I, I've been on there for so long. I have quite a few followers. I really don't want to lose and uh, keep them entertained. And now having a band like uh, Collide on will definitely up the ante. And I, I really appreciate you guys doing this. Um, and I got to plug some stuff too here. Uh, you can find all our episodes of Kettle Whistle Radio. You, you too should listen to it too. Um, but it's at um, www.fairlydarkproductions.com www.fairly where my, my writing's there and our, all our episodes are there. And uh, you can also find us on iTunes and HipCast. And if people actually go to iTunes to find your stuff, this episode will pop up there too. Yay. Yay. Thank you for having us on your show. Yes, thank oh. you so much. I love it. No, I appreciate it. And uh, what Sean was hitting on earlier is you're always welcome back. 
Um, if you have anything, you, you wake up in the middle of the night, just, you know, you can do that. Uh, what is it? Record yourself and text it on over or send it. And we could have you on any time, anytime you'd like. You're always welcome back. Corinne is going to come back with that. With that uh, <laughs> better answer. <laughs> a better answer. And of all things, the song Holding Back. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much for doing this. Uh, Sean, you got anything else before we say goodnight? Well, just find me on Facebook. <laughs> find Sean Feldbush on Facebook. And if yep. you find me, I'm David Fairhead. That's F-A-I-R-H-E-A-D, spelled like it sounds, on Facebook as well. And I want to thank you to Corinne and, and, um, and Static for doing this. And hopefully we talk to you again soon. Thank you. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. All right, folks, friends, and fiends. Yeah, that's that storm. Yeah, you know what? We, we did avoid it, it seems, but it looks like it's getting a little darker than it should be at the moment out there. I can see out this window. Um, but, yeah, I, we'll definitely have you back. And keep us updated on what on your antics and you stay will. in touch. I really appreciate this. And uh, we're going to go off with Chaotic. Well, thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much.
Welcome to the Candle Power Hour. Come with us backstage behind the scenes of show business spanning over four decades and bringing you the experiences that can only be told by the people who were there. Our guests are from the A-list, the F-list, and everyone in between. Get set for some of the most insane, hilarious, and inspiring stories you will ever hear. I'm Mercury. And I'm Diego. Your host for the, the Candle, Candle Power, Power Hour. Hour. Hi, I'm Mark. And I'm Peter. We're the founders of Electrocast Media, bringing you great podcasts like Nightmare Road Stories, Tech Talk Revolution, and Bodacious Minds. Electrocast networks include Ruby for female empowerment, the best business network, and GPN for geopolitics. We built this company to create community and amplify diverse voices, and we really appreciate your support. So, keep listening to Electrocast Podcasts and hear the culture. Electric acid. 